Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores controversial, challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, Dr. Al Atkins, a first-year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, and for Aaron Parks not joining us tonight. I'm joined by my co-host, child and adolescent psychiatrist, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hey, Tosh. Hello. We'd also like to welcome, joining us from her ethics fellowship in Poland, the newest member of our team, future physician, Yasmin Dakama, helping make our show happen. Hello, Yaz. Hi, everyone. The views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent the University of California, Riverside, or UCR School of Medicine. Joining us for our sh third show today on our third episode of Cultural Psychiatry in Morocco, we have from Casablanca, Dr. Rukeya Benjaloun. Hi, Rukeya. Hi. Rukeya is an associate professor of psychiatry, psychiatry residency training director, and department chair of mental health at Muhammad VI University of Health Sciences in her home of Casablanca, Morocco, where she attended medical school and residency. Rukeya's practices, I'm sorry, Rukeya practices psychiatry in the hospital and consult liaison settings where her clinical and research interests include psychosomatics, CBT, traumatology, mental health education, and addiction. To recharge, Rukeya enjoys authoring children's stories, playwriting, and boxing. So to start us off, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Amazir people. And I want to just mention some of you may know these these this group as the Berbers, and unfortunately, that is the most common term. But I want to say we're going to be using the word Amaziel because Berber comes from the Greek barbaros, meaning barbarian, and is not the preferred term for that group. And with that, I will cut to you. Yes. Wonderful. Thanks, Al. Yeah, we. That in mind, um, wanted to ask you, Rukeya, about how psychiatrists in Morocco practice as it relates to the many languages we speak in Morocco. So with Amazir, is there a certain barrier to care that occurs um, since not as many people speak it compared to Darija, the other common dialect spoken in Morocco? Yes, well, it is uh, an official language in Morocco. In the Moroccan constitution, there are two languages, Arabic, the Moroccan Arabic, the Rija and uh, Amazir. And uh, in certain areas, Amazir is going to be more widely spoken than in others. And there is a disparity between psychiatrists in how they are uh, fluent in uh, Amazir. So, of course, we are psychiatrists, so what we need to uh, manage and master the best is uh, language. And the more we are at ease in uh, both uh, Derija and Amazir, the more we are going to be able to help 
uh, and understand uh, uh, more patients. Um, uh, now, uh, Amazir is included in the curriculum from elementary school. So in a few decades, I guess that all psychiatrists in Morocco are going to be fluent in both Derija and, and the Amazir. Uh, personally, I am half Amazir through my mother. I'm not fluent in Amazir. And I had to work uh, during a, re a year in a city of Morocco with a majority of uh, uh, Amazir uh, speaking uh, people and patients. And I had to learn uh, because it's very, very important to be, there can be no translator. We can uh, get the help of a translator, but uh, patients will not say it all when a translator is here. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's important to be, uh, as well as feeling comfortable with the, the background uh, uh, issues, uh, it also goes through uh, feeling comfortable with the language. So yes, I would uh, advise any young psychiatrist to learn as much languages as possible. Amazil, Derija, of course, French, English, and Spanish. I, we had to mm. manage once a Mexican patient, and I was very, very grateful for having taken Spanish classes. Wow, that is tremendous. And you also get to connect with more patients that way and provide more care. I did not know you yeah. spoke Spanish. That's wonderful. Hablo español, sí. Great. And, you know, something that um, as a team we're talking about is the many subspecialties of psychiatry that are um, in Morocco too, which you practice several of as well. And wanted to start off by asking a bit about addiction psychiatry and how that looks in Morocco. Yes, uh, we have uh, uh, all psychiatrists at the end of their training uh, are able to manage uh, patients with uh, addictions uh, issues. And there are uh, some of our colleagues, uh, uh, some of the Moroccan psychiatrists will specialize and do addictology as the main uh, the addictologists. And we have addictology centers, facilities where uh, inpatients and our outpatients uh, are uh, managed. And all these patients have in common uh, uh, addiction to uh, uh, substance. So it's more and more um, spread. I mean, there are more and more centers and more and more uh, psychiatrists and also uh, psychologists trained to uh, addictology in the many cities uh, of, uh, of Morocco in order to help people struggling with uh, some substance use uh, disorders. So what are some of the, my, my understanding of substances in Morocco is that they're fairly pro, prohibited by the government and that the, the consequences are fairly steep. And yet there's kind of this interesting relationship with cannabis, which is, I think, produced in the Blue Mountains. Can you take us through some of the legal parts and then which substances are prevalent and how do they get there? How do they even enter Morocco? Yeah, most of uh, substances are illicit and prohibited. If we exclude uh, tobacco, the rest is uh, prohibited. 
There is a small exception with alcohol, but it's still it's not, for example, allowed for a Moroccan citizen to uh, uh, consume alcohol uh, uh, in uh, public spaces, etc. So the only drug or the only uh, psychoactive substance uh, uh, allowed in Morocco is tobacco. For the rest, it's prohibited. Uh, cannabis is somehow emblematic uh, uh, because there is a local production. This is the reason why it's uh, easy to find for consumers, but still it is uh, prohibited to produce, consume, or sell uh, uh, cannabis. The law is very clear about it, and there is no tolerance, even if it's widely used. And we uh, notice that we see more and more new drugs. Uh, uh, Moroccans are also uh, uh, consumers of cocaine, amphetamines, heroin, and uh, drugs that may exist in many other countries. We find them also in, uh, in Morocco. So we, we are not an exception. And uh, addictologists and myself uh, are faced to patients who, have, uh, who use a lot of sorts of drugs. And, and what about alcohol? Alcohol seems to have a fairly interesting kind of ambiguous legal status in Morocco. Yeah. Yes. So yes. what is the question? <laughs> help, <laughs> help us understand what that looks like. When is it legal to have alcohol or when is it not? How many people are using it? What does the alcohol culture look like? Well, I'm not a lawyer. I can be very, very accurate. But what I can tell you is if you are inside your house, nobody in your home, in your house, uh, uh, drinking alcohol, nobody's going to come and, uh, uh, and tell you what you're doing. I mean, it's, uh, it's your privacy, it's your intimacy, it's okay. But as a Moroccan citizen, you are not allowed to consume alcohol uh, 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 in, in public spaces. This is uh, 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 forbidden, prohibited by the law, and you can go through uh, problems. Uh, alcohol can be sold in uh, authorized uh, uh, shops, uh, and everybody can uh, buy it. But the consumption of alcohol is all in the restaurants that serve alcohol, but they will not reserve uh, alcohol to. Uh, well, it's more ambiguous than this. It's very, very complicated. But this is Morocco. <laughs> yeah, as a Moroccan, you can you can drink alcohol in some restaurants. But if you go out of the restaurant and to make trouble and uh, there is police out there and you speak too loud or you make trouble, you can be uh, sued for consuming alcohol. Even if you uh, uh, drank it peacefully in the restaurant who is authorized to serve you alcohol. So there is a certain tolerance, but yeah, this is the way and, it is. And do you think this um, impacts someone who might be struggling with alcohol use disorder, impacts their um, willingness or desire to seek treatment? Not really. I don't think so because it's easy for, uh, it's easy to get alcohol. And I, I don't think that this very specific and uh, ambiguous uh, uh, status of alcohol in Morocco will have a real impact. Uh, on people struggling with uh, addiction to, to alcohol. Uh, what happens that 
like in other uh, countries or in other societies, there is a um, kind of normalization of alcohol, like, well, it's not a big deal. I'm just having a few drinks because I had a hard day or to celebrate something and everybody drinks and stuff. It's not that uh, serious, uh, as serious as, uh, I don't know, amphetamine or cocaine, etc. So there is this uh, uh, preconceived ideas about alcohol be not so harmful and we need to work on this in, in Turkey but I think that addictologists all over the world struggle with the same difficulties with alcohol I think another thing we wanted to ask you about was as a traumatologist what does the landscape of sexual assault look like in Morocco and how might it differ from what you imagine is going on in the United States? Uh, I don't know how things are going on in the United States. I've never been there. Feel free to invite me. But um, in Morocco, uh, I would say that there is uh, um, more freedom of speech and uh, more advocacy that is done through mental health professionals through associations uh, of victims, of family of victims. So we speak more easily about sexual abuse. We uh, uh, speak, we try to prevent to, uh, to prevent through speaking to children about how it's important to not let anybody touch them, kiss them, uh, get access to their private or intimate areas in their bodies, etc. Uh, and when a person is victim of sexual abuse, we try to very quickly, very easily uh, put him or her in the, in the red of uh, getting access to the right people, uh, getting care, uh, getting uh, 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 access to lawyer, access to all that he needs to, he or she will uh, need. This aspects, once again, will not be the same uh, depending on the area. This is uh, like a, 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 a pattern. What's the, 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 what, the way things are going or the, yeah, the way things are going to be managed in Casablanca or Rabat or a big city, it's not exactly the same compared to a, a more remote area. But it's getting easier to speak about uh, sexual uh, sexual abuse. If you're just joining us, this is Let's Get Psyched on KUCR, and we're talking about psychiatry in Morocco with Dr. Rukeya Benjaloun. Um, thank you. I, I'd like to ask kind of about stigma and also kind of whether feminism plays a role into the treatment of sexual assault in Morocco. Yeah, of course it does. Um, there is less tolerance now. I mean, when there is a, a case of uh, a woman or a child, or, there is no, there is less shame, and people reach out for help more easily uh, now, uh, because this is the result of years and years of work of a lot of associations, in many many times led by women. So I think that, yes, feminism helped uh, a lot. Can I ask about the status of the subspecialty consult liaison in Morocco, since yes. that's one of your specialties? Yes. 
Yes, uh, concert liaison is uh, evolving also. Um, uh, I, I developed it a, a little bit by casualty. It wasn't my project in the, at the first place, uh, but working in a general hospital, I found it very interesting to see how uh, um, working as a psychiatrist with patients who are not here, who are not admitted for psychiatry issue could be interesting and collaborating with other areas of medicine, etc. So I notice when I discuss and exchange with other colleagues that work in general hospitals in other cities that uh, psychiatry liaison is very, very is evolving. There is a lot of research about it. And I think that COVID-19 pandemic helped a lot because we were forced to uh, work with each other. And we noticed how uh, mental health issues can be very, very important in the management of patients that basically did not have any mental health problem. I was uh, called a lot, a lot of, uh, countless times a day for inpatients with COVID-19 uh, that suffered from insomnia, anxiety, etc. And my colleagues were totally uh, not knowing what to do with them. Uh, so that was very interesting to uh, put the highlight or put the light on psychiatry uh, de uh, de liaison. So yeah, th this one is this subspeciality is something that is very important to me. Wonderful. And yeah, consult liaison has such a special role in the hospital of reaching patients that yes. um, otherwise might have not been able to get psychiatric attention too. And so something spanning across all these subspecialties that connects like several aspects of psychiatry too is just like therapy. And it would be tremendous to hear how therapy looks in Morocco if you find the community. Um, of patients who would like therapy? Are they um, coming to you and psychiatrists? Are they referred? General question. Yes, uh, most of the time patients have this idea that therapy uh, means psychologists. So, uh, and, and the, the psychiatrist just give meds and thank you and see you next week. Things are changing now because I think that Moroccan psychiatrists are very good students <laughs> at the meaning that they, they are very curious about uh, psychotherapies and they are enrolled and involved and committed to uh, training programs to learn uh, uh, therapies. So we find a lot of Moroccan psychiatrists trained to CBT, trained uh, and certified as uh, EMDR uh, 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 practitioners. Uh, we have uh, interpersonal uh, therapies. So these aspects are, uh, or these different uh, 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 psychotherapies are more and more, um, I would say present in the landscape of uh, 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 among, among psychiatrists. So, I think that most psychiatrists now in Morocco are also psychotherapists in the way that they are trained and they, they, they can help their, patient, their patients not only by treating, uh, treating them with the uh, uh, medication. Uh, I am trained to psycho, to CBT, so uh, this is my uh, main 
way of uh, helping my patients. Uh, but I have a lot of friends and colleagues that are trained to EMDR or uh, a lot of other uh, psychotherapies. And I think this is a good thing because um, we lack psychologists too. And uh, I think that if anybody can do the job, so let's do the job and that's it. If a patient can reach out to a psychologist and he can help him, it's okay. If he prefers to reach out to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist is trained to psychotherapy, it's okay. And let's not forget that uh, uh, it's all also about money and it can be costly to um, have a psychologist and a psychiatrist uh, see them both can be difficult for some patients who do not have health insurance. Today in Morocco, most of psychotherapies are not re, on dit, remboursé, refunded. Re, health insurance do not pay for psychotherapy. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So these aspects also impact. And I think that I'm happy to be able to help my, my, my patients without uh, making them pay more. And I have a question about the popularity of therapy as a treatment, because um, in the U.S., depending on what time period you're in, depending on what population we're talking about, therapy can be preferred over medications or medications can be preferred over therapy. What, how, how popular is therapy versus medications in terms of psychiatry? Most of the time, 95% of the time, 99, 99.99% patients would prefer to have uh, psychotherapy rather than medication. Oh, okay, uh, wow. So it, yeah, 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 yeah. If, if they had to choose, they would choose uh, psychotherapy definitely in all cases. Um, there is a fear of medication. We can maybe discuss it another time. Uh, and uh, today, psychotherapies are uh, popular because we see them in the media we speak about coaching, all this uh, having a better life, positive uh, thinking, etc. So it's just like a big mix, and patients uh, will be uh, um, e will ask us for psychotherapy. Yes. So when we propose a psychotherapy, they're happy. With oh, it. really quickly, I want to ask this um, before we move on to the future of psychiatry. But are there any alternative? treatments being done in Morocco? Um, and what do you think about those? What do you mean by alternative, uh, alternative treatment? If we, if we are into evidence-based treatments, all of them, most of them are available in Morocco. I mean, uh, like herbal medication or, um, just, you know, not, how would we say like out, outside of what you would Medications that are complementary to me to Western medicine, but aren't necessarily evidence based in our model. Oh yeah, what is not evidence based exists. Yes, we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very, I'm very basic in the way I process things. I mean, when it's evidence based, I'm okay with it. When it's not evidence based, I check if it's not harmful, harmful, harmful. Sorry for patients. And if it's not, I'm okay. I mean, patients can do whatever they want. Uh, the, 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 I just check if their health and their safety is uh, respected and if they, there is no risk for them. Because sometimes these non-evidence-based practices can be risky. Uh, so I just check. Uh, but yeah, most of the time patient can be very uh, imaginative and there's a lot of 
new uh, alternative therapies, non-evidence-based alternative therapies. Excellent. And so looking to the future of how psychiatry actually currently is changing and you project will change, how do you feel public views are evolving? I'm pretty optimistic in general, and I am optimistic uh, for psychiatry in Morocco. There are more and more uh, young med students that are interested in psychiatry. I remember when I told my mother that I chose psychiatry, she, she just burst in tears. <laughs> she was, I was like, it's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, she feared for me and uh, I can understand her fear but now it's uh, more popular in the in a good way so neurosciences this interest for neurosciences I think that is also positive for psychiatry it, it, it gives this discipline uh, a label of uh, being serious and evidence-based and scientific and this is in my opinion very important research in morocco is still struggling but yet i think that we are doing better now than what we did uh, 10 or 15 years ago so since it's feminine it's young it's uh, uh i would say look into science and neuroscience i think that it's going to we're going to do a great job in uh, uh, the decades that are, that are coming I hope to live uh, long enough to see it. <laughs> and also looking at um, stigma in Morocco, how do you feel, like what initiatives do you think would be helpful to help reduce stigma? I think that every one of us has uh, um, the power to reduce stigma. Uh, Psychoeducation, with the families, with the relatives, giving information, giving uh, uh, web links, uh, giving things to read, uh, repeating things, uh, proving uh, it, it's, it's because opinions uh, change with experiments. When, when you have uh, 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 people seeing that everything is going okay and uh, we are handling a psychiatric issue exactly the same as a gastroenterologic issue and everything is going okay, the stigma is reduced. Um, we need to speak more to give these nuances, these uh, uh, different shades, because the, 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 the stigma comes from this Manichaean uh, uh, way of thinking of white and black and uh, 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 people struggling with the health issues and what is the, the so-called normal people? There is no normal people. Mm. We're all normal. Some of them are, go, are going to uh, go through a difficult phase of their life. It could be cancer, it could be leukemia, it could be Crohn uh, disease, mm -hmm. and it could be schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. So this, uh, when it comes to personality, when it comes mm -hmm. to behavior, thinking, perceptions, it gets a, bit, a little bit more touchy. But... Uh, Another point when it comes to stigma, and to me it's very, very important that the first people to stigmatize, uh, not the first, but one of the people that can stigmatize mental health patients are uh, colleagues, uh, other doctors from other specialties. And for me, it's very important to train them, to go to them and to speak with them. Uh, because when a cardiologist tells 
my depressed patients that he'd better uh, stop his antidepressants, I, 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 I rip mm. my hair. So yeah. th this, this yeah. issue also <laughs> can... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, well, yes, yes, me. Yeah, Rukia, I want to thank you so much for like all of your thoughts and reflections and the, the really important information that you are providing us um, about Morocco and how providers can best interact with um, Moroccan patient populations. So just want to thank you and um, just add that it means a ton as a Moroccan American myself. So thank you. And I'm going to turn it over to Alan. You're welcome. Thank you. And that is all the time we have uh, for this edition of Let's Get Psyched. Today, we discussed cultural psychiatry in Morocco. Thank you to co-host Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi and to our newest team member, Yaz. Thank you, Dr. Rukeya Benjaloun, for joining us. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write to us at getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. We would also like to plug a book from a personal friend of the show, Dr. Marshall Forstein of Harvard Medical School and Cambridge Health Alliance. Dr. Forstein's book is In Loss and Grief, Personal Stories of Doctors and Other Healthcare Professionals. In this book, internationally renowned doctors, renowned doctors and other healthcare professionals who are experts in cancer, end-of-life care, and bereavement share unflinchingly honest and raw first-person perspectives of altering of life-altering losses they have experienced in their own lives. Doctors and other healing professionals are not typically inclined to share this kind of information and their own vulnerabilities, so that's what makes this book quite unique. If you like this show, please subscribe and post a review. You can listen to extended versions of our show or past episodes whenever you, wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer is Elliot Fong. I've been your host, Al Atkins. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched. Hey, everyone. One more thing. Yeah, is here, newest member of the Let's Get Psyched team. I wanted to share that I'm so excited these episodes were possible. As a Moroccan American applying to psychiatry, it is meaningful to share this material with you, and I'm so happy we had Dr. Benjaloun as an expert guest with us. I also wanted to add a little caveat, and that is that culture is a very rich and complex subject that can be experienced differently by each individual within a culture. With this in mind, by no means could we explore all of the nuances of Moroccan culture as it relates to psychiatry. Rather, we hope to begin this discussion as an introduction to a broad and intricate conversation, as well as question of how it is we can provide culturally thoughtful psychiatric care, something I'm very interested in as it relates to all backgrounds and each individual's unique experiences. So thank you guys for listening, and please reach out to us for any thoughts feedback, and questions. Thanks.